Welcome to our very first White Napkin Sunday. So this is something that we have never done before. We're going to try it out today and see what happens. If you did not receive a napkin walking in the door and a pen, you are going to need one. So our host team is going to make their way down the aisle now. And if you need one, just wave at them and they'll be sure that you get a napkin and a pen because you're going to need that to draw on and to write down some different words today. So be sure that you are ready. If you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. We're going to jump right into this today. And this is one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible because it talks about what we're doing right now. And it describes what's happening right here in this room. So Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, these are the words of Christ. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Again, we've got the words of Jesus here and he's having a conversation with some of his followers So there's more than one person observing this, but then he looks specifically at Peter and says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it, referring back to the church. In the greater context of Matthew chapter 16, There is something that can be easily overlooked in this extraordinary conversation that Jesus is having with the people that are around him. And what can easily be missed is that this is the first time that the word church is mentioned in the Bible. First time, right here in Matthew chapter 16. And you get an impression that the church is kind of a big deal to Jesus. It's such a big deal that he said, I'm going to be the one responsible for building this. I'm not going to pass that on to somebody else. I'm not going to put that on someone else's shoulders. I'm going to be the one responsible for building my church. And by the way, this organization that is to come, this church, even the powers of hell, will not be able to conquer it or prevail against it. Again, you get the sense that the church is really important to Jesus. And so to help us think about this, I've got a couple of questions just to engage our minds. And that is, what is the church? And who is it for? What is the church? If you really unpack it, what is it? And how would you describe that to somebody if you had to do that? And then who is it for? And how you answer those questions will determine how you do church. So what is the church? And who is it for? Let's think about that first question. What is the church? Well, if you look at Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, you again, you have this word church found for the first time in the Bible, and it comes from the Greek word ekklesia. And here's what that word means. It's any public assembly or gathering of people in a political, religious, or informal sense. What's unique about this Greek word, ekklesia, is that it's not necessarily a religious word. It refers to any group or gathering of people. 
but it always refers to people and never a place or a building or a structure. And so when Jesus says here, I'm going to build ecclesia, I'm going to build my church, he is talking about people, not a place and not a structure, and it comes with a promise where Jesus said, even the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against this coming organization. And with all of its imperfections and with all of its faults, the church from the first century until today is still gathering. There is still a group. There is still ecclesia gathered around their common faith in Christ. So what is the church? Well, it's a gathering of people who are doing the things that Jesus wants them to do. And Jesus himself said, I'm going to build that. I'm going to take responsibility for that myself. And it will prevail. It will. And we're evidence of that today. We're a fulfillment of this prophecy. So smile. Will you do that for me this morning? We're a fulfillment of what Jesus predicted in Matthew chapter 16. What is the church? It's a gathering of people who are doing the things that Jesus wants them to do. Now that second question. Who is it for? Well, the church is for everybody. It's for everybody. It's for you. It's for me. And it's for those who aren't here yet. And one of the things we're desperately trying to do here at Valley Point Church is create a prevailing place that breathes life and hope and purpose into everybody. Because here's the deal. I believe that a church that is focused and working, here's what happens. Lost people get found. Found people grow up into their full spiritual potential. Bored people find a purpose. Poor people get served in a dignified way. And the community that that church exists in finds true help. That's just what happens when the church is focused and working. Lost people get found. Found people grow up into their full spiritual potential. Bored people find a purpose. The poor get served in a dignified way. And the community that that church exists in finds true and lasting help. And so what I want to do with you now is just talk to you and share with you, and this is where the white napkin comes into play now, how we practically live that out here at Valley Point Church. Again, what is the church? It's a gathering of people who are just trying to do the things that Jesus wants them to do. And who is it for? It's for everybody. And we have a specific way that we kind of live that out here at Valley Point Church. And I want to describe that for you. I think you've chosen a great Sunday to be here. And if you've been around Valley Point Church, some of this stuff is going to sound familiar to you. But hopefully you discover that it is encouraging and refreshing. If you're newer to Valley Point and wondering what we're all about and why we do some of the things that we do, I believe you're going to get answers today as to who we are and what we're trying to accomplish. And this is our first white napkin Sunday. I'm going to encourage you to write some things down on that napkin, and you're going to draw a couple of things as well. And I want to provide a tool for you that you can give to somebody and share with them. Here's Valley Point Church. And I would love for you to join me and fill the chair next to me. 
because it is a place that's just trying to be on mission and do exactly what God wants it to do. So this is kind of a living room conversation today. All right, so kick off your shoes, uh, as long as the person next to you is okay with that, and kick back and relax. We're in the living room talking about meaningful things, and this is going to be a great family chat. Now, I know some of you associate family chats with disastrous endings, right? Like that's kind of what happens when you sit down with your family, but I can assure you that this is going to be a wonderful conversation. So get your pen and your napkin ready. Let's have a family conversation about things that matter. I don't like repeating myself. I really don't. But yet I have discovered that you have to say things over and over and over and over again because vision leaks. It just does. We kind of forget about what we're supposed to be doing. Have you ever heard of mission drift? This is where an organization or a group starts out doing this thing. This is their mission. And then in time, all of a sudden, they're drifting and they're way over here doing something entirely different. Mission drift can be a very troubling and a very dangerous thing. And I want to say to you that as a church, as an organization, we are in danger of mission drift. And that frightens me. And you may think, well, that would never happen to a church. Like they have this mission, it's what they're supposed to be doing, but yet it does happen and it can happen. And so we got to constantly remind ourselves and refresh ourselves as to why we're doing what we're doing. And that's really what today is all about. So to illustrate this, I want to read to you a modern day parable. You ready for this? I think this will make sense to you. On a dangerous seacoast where shipwrecks often occur, there was a once crude little life-saving station. The building was just a hut, and there was only one boat, but the few devoted members kept a constant watch over the sea. And with no thought for themselves, they went out day or night tirelessly searching for the lost. Many lives were saved by this wonderful little station so that it became famous. Some of those who were saved and various others in the surrounding areas wanted to become associated with the station and give of their time and money and effort for the support of its work. New boats were bought and new crews were trained. The little life-saving station grew. Some of the new members of the life-saving station were unhappy that the building was so crude and so poorly equipped. They felt that a more comfortable place should be provided as the first refuge of those saved from the sea. So they replaced the emergency cots with beds and put better furniture in an enlarged building. Now the life-saving station became a popular gathering place for its members. They redecorated it beautifully and furnished it as sort of a club. Less of the members were now interested in going to sea on life-saving missions, so they hired the boat crews to do this work. The mission of life-saving was still given lip service, but most were too busy or lacked the necessary commitment to take part in the life-saving activities personally. About this time, a large ship was wrecked off the coast, and the hired crews brought in boatloads of cold, wet, and half-drowned people. They were dirty and sick, and some spoke a strange language. And the beautiful new club was considerably messed up. So the property committee immediately had a shower house built outside the club 
where victims of shipwreck could be cleaned up before coming inside. At the next meeting, there was a split in the club membership. Most of the members wanted to stop the club's life-saving activities as being unpleasant and a hindrance to the normal life pattern of the club. But some members insisted that life-saving was their primary purpose and pointed out that they were still called a life-saving station. But they were finally voted down and told that if they wanted to save the life of all the various kinds of people who were shipwrecked in those waters, they could begin their own life-saving station down the coast. And they did. As the years went by, the new station experienced the same changes that had occurred in the old. They evolved into a club, and yet another life-saving station was founded. If you visit the seacoast today, you'll find a number of exclusive clubs along that shore. Shipwrecks are still frequent in those waters, only now most of the people drown. Kind of depressing, isn't it? Aren't you glad today to come and hear that story? It's a tremendous example of mission drift. A group, an organization that started out doing this. Here's what we are all about, but then eventually they evolved into doing something entirely different that was way off their mission. Mission drift can happen to any group or organization, and we have to consistently fight against this. And so today, I'm here to ring the bell once again and to say, here's what we are all about as Valley Point Church. Here is our mission, and we want to stay true to this, and we want to be sure that we're involved in these different kinds of activities, because I believe this is what God has for us. So you've got your napkin. I want to encourage you to pull that out, and on one side, I want you to begin to think about four different questions that help us with vision clarity. And that is what, and I would encourage you to write that down on one side. Use your Bible or use the back of the person in front of you if you need to write on something. Whatever you got to do, write down what. And then how. And then why. And then finally, when. These are four critical questions of leadership. Four critical questions that really determine vision clarity. What is it that we're actually doing? You have to have a what, otherwise you're just wandering around doing all kinds of different things. So what is it that we're specifically doing? And then how do we accomplish that? And then why are we doing that? And then you've got to ask, when will we know we're successful? So this is stuff that I think about constantly here at Valley Point. And what are we doing as a church? And how are we doing that? And, and why? And when will we know that we're achieving our goal? By the way, if you are a leader of any type in your business, as a teacher, as a student, I would encourage you to take the grid of these leadership questions and use them wherever you can. Because it's just very helpful. And it brings vision clarity. What am I doing? How am I doing it? Why am I doing this? And when will I know that I'm successful? You can use this across a lot of platforms. We're specifically going to think about the mission of the church today. So what are we doing? How are we doing that? Why are we doing that? And when will we know we're successful? I'm going to answer all of those questions today. All right, flip over your napkin. Ready? And I want you to draw now 
This is a little more challenging for some than others, but I want you to draw two arrows. You can kind of do it like this. Or if you have a fancier way, that's just fine. But draw a couple of arrows in a circular motion, and then we're going to come back to all of that in just a moment. All right, so mission clarity, not drifting. We're asking what, how, why, and when, and then on the back of your napkin, I want you to draw these circles, and we're going to come back to that in just a moment. So let's bring some vision clarity to our day. And you can take as much notes on this in your napkin if you want. Just do it on the side where you have the four words written because we're going to come back and draw on that circle in just a little bit. All right, let's think about what. What is it that Valley Point Church is doing? Well, we exist to point people to real relationships and real significance. And you've probably heard that catchphrase or that mantra or that package of words put together before, real relationships and real significance. This is our big what as a church. Let me unpack that for a little bit. We want everybody walking through the doors of this place to know whether they embrace that or not or trust that or not is up to each person. But we want everybody who walks through the doors of this place to know that they can have a real relationship with God. And that is possible. God loves us deeply. And he sent his son, his only son, to die in our place, paying the price for our sins so that we could know God personally. We can have a forever friendship with God. That is absolutely possible for each and every person. And when we open the doors to this place, we want everyone to know you can have that friendship with God. You can embrace his leadership and his forgiveness. That's possible for every person. And this is how we have a real relationship with God. It's not something we have to wonder about. It's not something we have to hope for. It's a reality. We all can know God in a personal way. Not only can we know God, but I believe we are wired to have real relationships with the people around us. We're not meant to do life on our own. We're not really independent people. We are interdependent. And we need high character people around us. We need others to point the way. And so we work hard at creating environments and places and spaces where you can get to know other people and have a real relationship with those around you. So a real relationship with God, that's a reality. And a real relationship with other people, this is possible for each and every one of us. And then we say this, as part of our big what are we doing. It is very possible for you to use the one life that God has given to you to do significant things. And you don't have to watch other people do that. With how you're wired and how you're built and the talents and the skills that God has given to you, you can use your one life. And we only have one. And you can use that to do really significant things. So what are we doing as a church? Well, we're doing our best to point people to real relationships with God and with others And we want people to know that you can do something really significant with your life. You're going to find this everywhere around here. As a matter of fact, if you sign up for KidPoint and you want to be a part of that ministry, you're going to hear them say, we exist as a ministry 
to point kids to real relationships and real significance. Same language, same goal. If you sign up for OnPoint and you want to work with our 6th through 12th grade students and you go to one of their training events, you're going to hear them say, you know what, we exist as a student ministry to point people to real relationships, students specifically, to real relationships and real significance. It is the same language and you're going to see that everywhere around here. This is our big what. Real relationships and real significance. Now, how do we do that? Because all churches have a different way that they kind of do church. So how is it that we go about the process of doing that? Three key words. Worship. And this is where we grow a relationship with God. And we pour a lot of time and effort into our worship experiences. By the way, we define worship here at Valley Point as responding to the greatness of God. That's what worship is, where we're telling God, you are worth it, and we're giving honor and respect to him. We're responding to the greatness of God. And so how do we accomplish the what? Well, we work hard to build these worshiping environments where we can grow this relationship with God and we can respond to his greatness. Let me take a moment and talk to you about the story and how excited I am about what's going to happen as we respond to God right here in this place starting next Sunday. This is going to be an incredible series. And I've already written the first two talks of it. And I've been studying scripture for a long time. And I personally have learned so much in these first two talks. And I can't wait to share with you the beginning of everything and how God created. And then we're going to look at Father Abraham. He's the next significant person and character in scripture, a very intellectual individual, and God used him to birth a new nation and a way for people to find their way back to God. It's just absolutely incredible stuff, and we're going to have a great time in our worship, in our responding to the greatness of God, learning new truths together. So how do we accomplish the what? Well, we worship, and this is where we grow a relationship with God. We connect And this is where we grow relationships with others. And I would encourage each and every one of you to get in some type of group, whether that's a group that meets during the week or a men's group or a ladies' group that meets on the weekend, whatever that looks like, get yourself into a group because this is how you connect and how you get yourself around other high-character people, which we all need to walk through life. And then the third aspect of The how is go, and this is where we do significant things. Uh, We have a love day coming up on September the 19th. It's our first love day of this new season, and we're going to get together at the Bethel Road campus on that Saturday morning. We're going to serve breakfast. Everybody's going to have the chance to sign up for one of several organizations within our community and the communities that surround us, and we're going to go and uh, serve and love without expecting anything in return from them. These are all tremendous organizations that are doing great work, and they need our help, and they need our assistance, and it's going to be a great day. And if you have never been involved in a love day, I would encourage you to come to this first one. It lasts for a couple of hours. After we eat, we send people out to these different organizations, and for two to three hours, you just work really hard and help them do what they do. That's all part of GO. 
So when we think about real relationships and real significance, the how is we worship, we connect, and we go. We worship as a community. We respond to the greatness of God. We connect in circles, and then we go out, and we do significant things with the one life that God has given to us. Everything we do as a church fits into one of these three areas. Worship, connect, and go. And I want to let you know, I say no to a lot of stuff. I really do. Our calendar is pretty full, and there's a lot of other things we could be doing as a church. And I just say no to a lot of stuff so that we stay on our mission. And again, we run everything through the grid of this how. Now, why? Why are we doing these things? Well, we do this because we value truth. And here's the statement for that. We are passionate about discovering and applying biblical truth so it makes a difference in how we live. We don't want to just gather information for the sake of knowing something more. We want that information to do something in and through us. And so we value truth here. And this is why we unpack a paragraph. It's why we look at Scripture. It's why we do things like walk through the story, because we value truth. And when we gather, we look into God's Word, and what does it say to us? And let's adjust our lives accordingly to that. We also value people. And I hope you have felt this and you have experienced this at Valley Point. And if you're newer, hopefully you can agree that we value people. We work hard at this. Again, we're not perfect. We're not always going to get it right. But we value people here, which means we deliberately create environments where relationships can thrive because we welcome, include, and love people without expecting anything in return. And there's one other thing that we value that speaks to the why, and that is generosity. And here's the statement. We intentionally use our time and resources to meet needs in our community and around the world. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but those three values there, truth, people, and generosity, fit so nicely into worship, connect, and go. See, this all works together to point people to real relationships and real significance. And so we value these things, and they are our why. It's why we continue to open the doors of this place. It's why we continue to do love days. It's why we continue to teach from God's word and create other opportunities where that exists and that happens. It's because we value truth, people, and generosity. All right, when will we know we're successful then? When will we know? Well, let's go back to worship, connect, and go. Here's how we know. It's when worship is a lifestyle. When connect is a priority and when go is a passion. And so when you see these things kind of bubbling in your heart and you sense that God is igniting these things in you, where worship really is a lifestyle and connect becomes a priority for you, you you fight for that and maybe you even say no to other things in your life so that you can get out of a row and into a circle and you get really passionate about going. By the way, part of our Go concept is not only our love days, but also our compassion trips. And in 2016, right now, we've got three trips on the books. We've got a trip to Guatemala, a trip to the Dominican Republic, and a trip to Russia. 
And you're going to have a chance to think through that and to say, you know what, I'll, I'll go. And I even feel a little bit passionate about that. That's when you know you're winning and we're winning as an organization. Again, when worship is a lifestyle, it's beyond just this on Sunday, you find yourself responding to the greatness of God. Maybe on Monday. Can you worship God on a Monday? Sure, why not? What about Tuesday through Saturday? Absolutely. See, we want worship to be a lifestyle, not something just condensed to an hour on Sunday. We want it to go beyond that. And we want connect to be a priority. And we want go to be a passion. That's when we know we're winning and we're being successful. I want to be successful as a follower of Christ. I want to win. I don't want to walk through all of this and not know if I'm really winning and not know if I'm being successful. And again, these are the measurements that we have put together with a lot of prayer and a lot of time studying and thinking about what God specifically wants for Valley Point Church. And this is how we know that we're winning. Now, here's the deal. And I think this is what makes this whole thing really exciting. You can notice on the whole grid here that you can enter at any point. I love that. We don't tell people, if you want to be a part of Valley Point Church, you've got to enter right over here. Like you have to come on a Sunday, and then once you give enough time there, then maybe you can begin to do a few other things. I don't care. Enter at any point. It just doesn't matter because all of this begins to work together. And here's the other beautiful thing about this. You can invite at any point. (laughs) I love that about how we're structured here. And we have people who experience Valley Point for the first time on a Sunday morning. By and large, that's where most people get invited. But there are other opportunities. We have some people who experience Valley Point for the first time on a compassion trip. And they get kind of hooked and they get excited about what's happening. And that kind of brings them into some other things. You can invite at any point. I don't care. Just invite. And we've got a great opportunity to do that this next week coming up on September the 13th, where people are thinking about coming back to church after a long summer, and on your way out the door, you're going to be given invite cards by our host team at the door, and I would encourage you to take those little cards and give them away, and you're also going to have the chance to do something with that napkin, all right? So you can enter at any point, and you can invite at any point, and I think this is one of the strengths of our what our how, our why, and our when. Now, I want you to go back to your napkin for a moment. You ready for this? Let's write in a few words, because I want to give you a tool. If somebody were to ever ask you, hey, you go to that Valley Point Church. What do they do over there? What is that all about? And why do you take a little bit of time during your week to go there? And I don't know what you say, you may have something really scripted that's powerful and moves them and inspires them, or you may be somewhat at a loss for what to say there. Well, I want to give you a way that you can actually draw out what happens at Valley Point Church, and you can explain it on a napkin, and you can do it in about 60 seconds. Ready? Here we go. Valley Point Church is all about... Got our arrows? Got your napkin there? Ready? Ready? Here's the two words I want you to think about over here. Here it is. 
We're about real relationships, and so I would encourage you to write relationships. And you can take as much time as you want to talk about a real relationship with God, a real relationship with other people. It doesn't matter. It's kind of self-explanatory. And then write down the word significance. Again, that's the what of Valley Point Church. Here's what we do. We're about real relationships and real significance. And then you can look at them and you can say, now here's how we do that. And I want you to have these three words in your mind. You've got to remember them. We worship, we connect, and we go. And that's Valley Point Church. You take this. I'd love for you to come and fill the chair next to me. And you can be a part of a real relationship with God. And you can meet wonderful people. And you can do something significant with your life. And this will all help you worship, connect, and go. That's how you can explain Valley Point Church on a napkin. Paper, preferably. If you have to use cloth, uh, you know, use your own discretion at that. But that's how you can explain the whole deal here. And I don't think you have to get into the other aspects. You can simply say, here's what we do, and here's how we do it. And boy, I'd love for you to fill a chair next to me and to come and to experience it for yourself. Uh, There's actually one more leadership question. And that is, where? Where is this taking us? If we have a what and a how and a why and a when we know we're successful, where is all of that taking us? Because it is taking us somewhere. Well, I believe all of this, our mission of pointing people to real relationships and real significance is taking us to a place where Valley Point is becoming a life-saving station. And we're rescuing people people from all kinds of backgrounds, different walks of life, different socioeconomic groupings. God is bringing together a very dynamic faith community. And this has become and is continuing to become a life-saving station where we're rescuing kids and helping them understand God loves you, cares about you, and we're rescuing students and adults and marriages, and those who are addicted, and those who have other hang-ups and habits in their life, they are finding this to be a safe place where they can be rescued. Matthew 16, 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I want to leave you with something very encouraging. And here it is. If you're part of a church, and we're thinking about Valley Point Church, so if you're connected here at Valley Point Church, I want to let you know you are part of something that Jesus himself said he would build. He didn't say that about any other organization not anything else. And this is what makes the church the greatest organization on earth. There's nothing better. Nothing beats this. With all of its imperfections and with all of its faults, nothing beats the church 
Because Jesus himself said, I'm going to build that and it will prevail and the gates of hell will not conquer it. So this is worth all of us. All of us. And as we enter a new season, let's work really hard. Like I'm asking for this commitment from you. Let's work really, really hard to point people to real relationships and real significance. Father, we're thankful for today and just the time that we've had to think through our mission. God, churches and organizations, they're in danger of mission drift. And that can certainly happen here at Valley Point. And we want to fight against that. And we want to make sure that we consistently stay doing what you want us to do and what you've called us to do. And so, God, we clarify our vision once again. Our what, our how, our why, our when, and even where this is taking us into a beautiful place where we are rescuing all people, God, because the church is for everybody. God, I pray that you would ignite in us a passion for your organization, what you said you would build. And may we partner with it and seek to rescue other people along the way as we deepen our friendship with you, get to know others better, and do significant things with the one life that you've given to us. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to just clarify where you are taking us. Bless us now and this new season of ministry in front of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.